Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today we have a special chat because we're going to do a we're going to go down the guitar gear rabbit hole. I think uh, we've got Miles Meekin on, who is in Midnight City, Life of a Hero, recently collaborated with Kane, and he is a Demarzio artist, among other things. We're today we're going to be going down that rabbit hole, chatting about Demarzio, chatting about guitar tone, chatting about uh, Miles's life. As a guitar player, Midnight City, Life of a Hero, and the recent collaboration Power Up with Kane. So, Miles, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely great to have you on. Thanks for popping on in such short notice. Because I just emailed you like two days ago with a crazy question that I'm sure every guitar player is waiting for. Which is, <laughs> I came across your... Your Demarzio page, you use pickups. What kind of pickups do you use? You probably were waiting for that phone call. Uh, well, I used quite quite a lot of them, um, to be to be fair. But um, but the main ones for Midnight City, I use uh, Demarzio Tone Zone and the Air Norton. Um, and then also, sometimes I also, also use the Deactivator set. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why those for Midnight City? Okay, so... Uh, so being being um, really really into guitar, growing up listening to like a lot of eighties hair metal and hard rock music. Um, uh, one of my favorite bands is uh, Racer X mm-hmm. with uh, Paul Gilbert and mm-hmm. Bruce Bouillet. And um, and back in obviously round about the the Racer X uh, back in Racer X's day and um, very early Mr Big uh, Paul Gilbert used the Dimaggio Tone Zone. Um, so I thought. I'm, I'm, you know, you listen to all the videos, you watch all the videos of Mr. Big in like the very early days and Paul Gilbert's tone just sounds so hair metal, you know, it's on, it's, you know, it's, it just sounds so kick-ass and cool. Um, and then in the neck pickup, the reason for the Air Norton um, is because that's what John Petrucci used to use mm-hmm. um, when, when he was endorsed with Ibanez. Um, so yeah, he used to use the Air Norton and I thought that combination would be really, really cool. Um, and then years later, I found out uh, one of my other favorite guitar players, Rob Marcello, uses the exact same pickups. Uh, Rob Marcello from Danger Danger. So, you know, he has phenomenal tone, great guitar player, um, really, really cool guy. And uh, it's just really, really cool that, um, you know, we're both using the exact same pickups. And obviously, you know, it, they work really, really well for Midnight City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the first things I noticed uh, with regard to Midnight City was... You guys are calling back, but it sounds modern. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things well, that, that's I, that's fortunate because uh, because obviously with modern day technology, you know, it's basically just doing. It, it's almost kind of like think of it like uh, you know, say for example, I don't know. Let's say if like uh, I don't know, um, you know, say if Warrant, you know, wants to completely remaster, you know, their like first ever album or something, you know. With modern day technology, obviously you can make it sound modern because obviously you're using modern day technology, modern day guitar amps, modern day microphones, speakers, cabinets, drum kits, bass guitars, etc. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I chatted with Pete about that, and he was saying that he tailored the mixing to uh, be a little more modern. But it almost sounds like maybe would you prefer to go do an older school approach for a Midnight City record? No. Actually, no. I'm I'm really happy with like how each of the albums have sounded. I think um, you know Pete as a uh, as a mixing you know as a mixing engineer and uh, 
as a and a record producer, you know, he he does an absolutely phenomenal job um, at what he does. Um, to say, you know, obviously Midnight City, we are like a you know a massive throwback to like eighties hard rock music, but um, but because of Pete's you know knowledge on like mixing and engineering with PMP Productions, you know, he, he did an absolutely fantastic job, and you know he, he's awesome. All right. Now, the funny thing about the Tone Zone Air Norton combo, because I got recommended that combo years ago as well. I noticed that they put it into a lot of their guitars, and I always thought of John Petrucci myself, because uh, I guess that's where I came into the picture. And then also as well, uh, similarly, I remember listening to various Paul Gilbert records and thinking, that that sound, what is that sound? And then I found out that it was the Tone Zone. And then recently I was going down the rabbit hole. The word rabbit hole came up from my wife and from a custom pickup manufacturer. I started talking to and they're like, okay, we're going to disconnect because you are going down the rabbit hole of pickups right now. They are important, but they are not that important. And I'm like, what are, are they important or not important? I need to know now. Um, is the Tone Zone Air Norton came from the development of the EVH guitar, the original Music Man EVH guitar. That is correct. Yeah. And they put that set into it, gave it to Eddie, and he said, I don't like it, but I kind of like it. So they modded it, and that's what he has. And then they thought, well, screw you, Eddie. This is the greatest set of pickups on the planet. <laughs> and then just started selling it on the market, you know, as is. Um, so once you start thinking about that, and you start listening to uh, Eddie's days with the Music Man and the 5150, it starts to make a lot more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, and so we have everybody on the planet using it, which is great. Now, you mentioned uh, the other thing, actually, that you mentioned was uh, the deactivator set sometimes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Why sometimes? What is it that the deactivator brings to the table? Okay, so the deactivator itself is it's the, the phenomenal sounding pickups, both for rhythm and lead stuff. So with the whole deactivator thing, it's like having... It's like having active pickups, but without any of like the negative, um, you know, aspects of a of a of an active pickup. So, for example, you know, with, for, you know, for example, the deactivator um, doesn't need batteries. You know, that's one of the that's one of the important things. Doesn't need. So, there's no need to like, you know, get the drill and do a, like a whole routing on the back of the guitar. You know, for a battery pack. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but also they've got like uh, less, less, a little bit like less compression than an actual active. They've got a little bit more, a little bit more dynamic. Um, but they sound great for uh, for anything that's like metal, like heavy metal or thrash or whatever. Um, they sound great for that. So I would mainly like use them for doing like um, additional um, rhythm guitar parts, basically on um, on this uh, third album. Okay. Because your tone on this third album from Midnight City uh, is different. It sounds a little more snarly in places. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, I think I definitely yeah, I definitely got, I definitely agree with that. Okay. Um, so with the with the deactivators, you know, I, I tried to do on some of the songs I used them for both the leads and the rhythms, and then other songs I would literally just for rhythms just the deactivators, and then for the main actual guitar solos tone zone and air norton um but what's interesting is though is that like because of the completely different spec guitars they're in like my tone zone air norton's in a 
in a mahogany body neck through um, LTD MH model with a rosewood board. Um, so, you know, kind of kind of like Les Paul specifications there, while the deactivators are in like a proper traditional Stratocaster, you know, so older body, bolt on neck, maple fretboard, 22 frets. Um, yeah, so, you know, the deactivators being in that sound like pretty damn bright, but, but it's not like a nasty, you know, wasp or bee in your ear kind of sound, you know, obviously that, not that kind of like nasty high end. It's just, it's like a nice brightness to it. That just really, I know, makes rhythm guitars sound really, really kick ass. That's going to be my next rabbit hole. You mentioned a few things there about woods and construction. So neck through, mm -hmm. neck through body, I've heard that the sustain increases, but the low mm -hmm. end goes down. Is that true? So I probably would say, I'd say, so the sustain definitely gives you more sustain, but I would probably say it probably adds more bass and low mids. It, it, it makes the guitar sound warmer. It's definitely got a way more warmer sound to it. Okay. And you're using that with the Tone Zone, which any Air Norton, which are pretty warm pickups. So you probably have a do you give you give Pete a headache trying to get all chase down all those low mids to suck them out so that we can hear your guitar? <laughs> not at all. No, no, not really. No, not at all. Um, which which is interesting that you should say that. Um, you know, I'm not entirely. I mean, the reason I I just want to try a um, I've always wanted a neck through guitar like a prop because in the past I've had like set neck guitars you know, with like Epiphone with their Vs and, you know, a, a couple of friends of mine like had Les Pauls and they were okay, you know, they sounded okay. But neck through is like where you get like the dead easy access to like the high frets. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And obviously with the mahogany body, because um, Pete always would always say to me like, oh, Miles, you've you got to get yourself a Les Paul. Um, and I'm not, I am not a Les Paul guy. I'm, I've never really been a big fan of Les Pauls. I mean, like a Strat and V um, kind of guy, mm -hmm. basically. But uh, but because this guitar, you know, I saw I had like similar specs to Les Paul, you know, the mahogany body, you know, a neck through construction and rosewood board. I thought I'll get that and then see how that sounds for rhythm guitar parts and then recorded guitar parts, sent them to Pete. Um, yeah, and he loved the tone of the guitar. He thought it sounded great. Yeah. Yeah, that brings up a really good, all kinds of good stuff because mahogany, I've always heard, is a really good wood for doing rhythm tracks. And uh, Agreed. If, we, if we go back to, I don't know, like some classic formats, you've got Metallica, where James is mm -hmm. doing all the rhythm tracks, or at least most of them, on a massive mahogany explorer. Yeah. A lot of wood there. And then mm -hmm. you've got Kurt coming in to do some leads, or at least most of them, uh, with an alder guitar. Exactly. So it kind of makes sense. You know, you got to get like... It almost like how can I say this? It like um, you gotta over like kind of use the guitar that's gonna over exaggerate whatever part that you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. If, if that makes sense, you know, it does. Yeah. And the funny thing is, getting into Les Pauls versus Strats. Um, I've always been a Les Paul guy. I don't know why. I remember seeing Les Paul for the first time in a music store and thinking that right there. Um, then fast forward later on in life, I find out other things like it's a shorter neck. Uh, the set neck has a feel to it. The resonation of the bridge and everything, uh, has a feel to it. But then the funny thing is, um, having, having a recording engineer mention a Les Paul, I've been in the studio where Les Paul's get thrown out the window because really, 
they're they just don't they can't sit in the mix the way a strap can or the way an sg can because it's just a little too thick of a tone takes a little bit too much work to get it to sit right wow that's um wow that's that's new that's completely new to me never heard that before john but that's uh that's actually really interesting and um no pretty cool to hear because at least it shows that like you know super strats and you know traditional stratocasters and stuff like that and even you know like strat shaped guitars but with you know kind of less poor kind of specs if they're going to sound cool in the studio and that's a you know that's a good sign so yeah you know so yeah that's uh wow you know, and the funny thing is for every every time I've seen that happen, you've got like say a Zach Wild who his tone sits just fine. Um and then I always look back to to Jimmy Page, where I see a lot of studio shots where he's using a telecaster. Not so much the Les Paul, but the telecaster, just because I guess Bonham was so big that you needed a thinner sounding guitar to cut through, maybe. Yeah, possibly. That that does make sense. Um, you know, Telecaster generally just like a really bright instrument. Hence, why you know they use like so much. Uh, they they are like the in the type of guitar to use for um, bluegrass and country. Because um, because you know, Fender Telecaster with a Fender amp, you know, it's just this bright, really snappy um, guitar tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your ancestors will will hear it. <laughs> now you mentioned you like flying v's you got a flying v behind you there what's in yes. that flying v uh so that one has a uh super distortion in the bridge demazio super distortion and a super two in the neck um yeah that that guitar was just so to seeing like the evolution on that was just so kick-ass obviously dude that's a that's an ltd v300 and originally it had like uh black nickel hardware which is like the dark chrome uh, hardware and like the pit guard on it was like was like black pretty much and you know, it looked okay and it came with emgs um you know and it was like it was okay but um but then after getting all like all the black changed to gold and then uh getting the demasios in man that is one badass rocking instrument big time um yeah you know it, it sounds kick-ass beautiful do we hear that guitar on Midnight City anywhere? Unfortunately not. I only got that actually um, very shortly after we completely finished the album. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah. how are Super Distortion, classic DiMarzio, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Super 2. Take us through that setup. How does that sound different? Right. Okay. So the Super 2 is basically um, is a tweaked version of the super distortion uh so the super two has basically got so much treble it's got a lot it's got it's, it's like eight out of ten on like treble basically really really bright um in fact actually uh, the super two was actually switched out for the um uh, in like say uh, uh so like early 80s and I, I know paul stanley did this so paul stanley from kiss used to use super distortion in the bridge on his uh ibanez icemen's and then uh, and they swapped him out for a Super 2. Um, once again, because an Iceman, once again, Les Paul kind of specs mahogany body, neck through, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the Super 2, because it's like a very trebly pickup, it just slides through the mix, um, you know, so much more. 
but uh, to be fair, but with that kind of setup with the super distortion, the bridge, and the super two, um, so I asked Dimaggio. Um, so when I was a teenager, I loved uh, Michael Schenker. Mm-hmm. Re- really, really into Michael Schenker, but particularly his tone. So, like the late eighty, the late eighties era, Michael Schenker, when MSG was called uh, Macaulay Schenker Group. Okay, and um, and. So I asked Dimaggio, um, you know, what pickups would you recommend for that kind of tone? Um, I'm putting them in an LTDV, told them the specs, and uh, and they were very cool. And I came back to me and said, well, we'd probably recommend Super, Dis- super Distortion in the Bridge and Super 2 in the Neck. And that combination just sounds so it, it just sounds exactly like Michael Schenker. It's amazing. Like like literally, you play like the the uh, the cover of um, all the way from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, what Schenker did with uh, Contraband, we had like Cher from um, from Vixen and uh, one of the guys from Rat and Shark Island. Um, it just sounds exactly like that kind of era. Um, you know, it sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. Yeah. So I'm guessing the Super 2 goes in the neck because it has more treble response, so it kind of balances out that neck position? Yeah, pretty much. It, it, yeah, basically in, in the neck, it just sounds like a really bright neck pickup. Um, so if you say if you're doing like fast, because generally if, if, if I'm doing like fast, like, um, you know, lead lines, uh, going from like a low note to a high note, um, like, you know, three note, three note, four note per string kind of stuff. I always go to like the neck pickup. Um, and then obviously with the super two with it being quite trebly, you know, it just slices through the mix. It's, it sounds, yeah, it sounds kick-ass. Wow. A neck pickup that slices through the mix. I know you'd never think it, would you? But it no. sounds it sounds incredible. Yeah, one of the things that really piqued my interest when I was chatting with the custom pickup manufacturer was they said, you know, okay, you've got an Aaron Norton in your neck. How often do you use it? And I said, not very often. It's pretty dark unless I really set it the right way. And they said, okay, could you imagine having distortion on, ringing out an E chord, and you can actually hear each note of that E chord? And I said, that's just crazy talk. That's not possible. Um, <laughs> but they started alluding me to the fact that like, well, hold on a second. What am I using my neck pickup even for? Um, and something that you mentioned was the classic way a lot of guitar players do, which is, you know, uh, above the 12th fret, it's bridge pickup and then, or below the 12th fret, it's the bridge pickup above the 12th fret. It's the neck pickup. Well, what about dubbing rhythm guitar tracks and, you know, bringing in a fuzz pedal or something, you know, to help thicken mm-hmm. up a lower level of, of rhythm guitar okay. tracks or or clean guitar tracks or anything like that. And then I started doing thinking like, OK, well, who's got a guitar that kind of like has it all? Or at least I think. And that's when I came across George Lynch because his guitar has got the hunter and the bridge and then a single coil in the neck. And I don't know what he's actually used in the studio, but I listen to the records and I'm like, well, he's got a good clean sound, at least for docking. He's got a good distortion sound. I'll, <laughs> I'll just get that guitar. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's amazing. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like actually that's a really good question. If is the Super Two good for that kind of a thing? Could you could you double up rhythm guitar tracks with the Super Two in the neck? I think you could. Yeah, I, I think you could. If you want, I mean, it's still going to sound warm, but it's still going to, but it's got, but it's got that like extra high end that'll like just like help um cut through the mix that a normal neck pickup just wouldn't do at all 
um, yeah, they're just great, man. Really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, something we've chatted about a little bit here is active versus passive, the great debate. Um, <laughs> and you mentioned a couple of negatives. Uh, yeah. Batteries to run the onboard preamp, and mm-hmm. because of the onboard preamp, I like to think of it as like there's a little overdrive pedal in there. And that's where you get the compression from. That's where you get the boost from. That's where you get the EQ curve from. I just like, it's just a little, little, you know, Maxon or TSE 808 in there kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, but you said you didn't want that because that guitar had EMGs in it. What was it you didn't like about, I'm guessing that's an 8185 it came with? It, it was, it was our, uh, I think it was an 81 and a 60 Ooh. in the neck it originally came with, yeah. But it just sounded sterile, man. It just sounded really... I know, just plain. There's no, there's literally like no dynamics um, whatsoever. It's just, yeah, it, I, I wasn't digging it so much. But, um, but you know, but obviously, yeah, the only way I, I thought it sounded all right is if you do the classic, you know, new metal guitar tone, either 5150 or a message rectifier with a tube screamer crank the level on the tube screamer um and that's the only way i can think that could like that it would sound all right but then the problem is with that you just sound like any other um like metal band you know mm-hmm. you look at guys like you know bullet for my valentine trivia metallica uh kill switch engage um you know it's all emg 81 85 tube screamer some high gain amp and that's it you know they sound great you know they sound cool but you know they just sound similar to each other well I, i'm i'm a bit more that, that's one thing i like about dimarzio and like every single pickup just sounds you know entirely different um and, and and if you want to sound you know if you want to get like your your own like original tone yeah passives is just the way man personally you know that's just that's just my opinion of course you know mm-hmm. but that's it well this is the miles opinion matters podcast <laughs> oh well i don't know about that but oh, oh, i don't know well that, that kind of brings me to a very interesting question about the deactivator set then because obviously you've played on an emg 81 is mm-hmm. it a passive version of an emg 81 what what is it i mean what makes you use the deactivator set over an actual active set whether it's like a fishman or an emg whatever it would be it's 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 one of those things where you you got to try it out to believe it. You know, it, it, like EMG, it, it just, EMGs were just too compressed, way too compressed. Um, and well, like the deactivators, it's got just the correct amount of compression that you need. It's still got a bunch of sustain. The dynamics are great on it. You know, you, you can still play blues and country and it sounds fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's everything the way it's EQ'd and everything just sounds great. It sounds really, really cool. But um, but one of the one of the things that they, it sounds really like particularly good at is um, like say if you're doing like the more uh, extreme like Japanese kind of sounding heavy metal stuff, um, it sounds kick-ass for that. And the reason why I say that is um, because so another one of my favorite guitar players, uh, Takayoshi Omura who is the guitarist for baby metal and also he was he, he was i know i know it's crazy but uh but he was but he was also the um the rhythm guitarist for marty friedman yeah marty friedman from megadeth yep and um and he's done 
God knows how much like session music stuff for like video games um, stuff like that. But, but his guitar, so he uses uh, he has a signature ESP uh, snapper, which is like Japanese, which is Japan's like ESPs is like Fender Stratocasters, basically kind of. Um, but he uses like a seven string one, and he uses like the um, so he used to use the Dimaggio like uh, Ingve Malmsteen pickup set. But nowadays he uses like just EMGs, um, just the seven string ones. But it's it's in like it's in a seven string Stratocaster, which is something you don't really hear of every day. You know, mm. imagine that a Fender Stratocaster with with seven strings on. You know, it's kind of bizarre. But yeah. his tone is just absolutely incredible. And I thought, right, so obviously Demazi do these like active sounding like passive pickups. Um, so I thought uh, I'd try putting them in, a, in like a traditional strap style guitar and they sound kick-ass, man. They sound really, really awesome. Sweet. Now, something else you mentioned there was <clears throat> plugging into like a 5150 or a, a dual rec or something like that. Uh, <laughs> naturally mid-scooped high-gain amps that when you come in barreling down the hallway with an active pickup that's just a wall of mid-range, it kind of just levels itself out in a way. Uh, but what what do you use? What, what, are we so, hearing on, what are we hearing um, on the record? Okay, so uh, how can I explain this? So, um, so a guitar amplifier has two sections: it has a preamp section and a power amp section. Okay, um, so what I've done is I'm using an ISP Technologies Theta preamp pedal. Um, by uh, it's ISP Technologies is the you know, very famous company doing like the best uh, uh, the best noise gate, the decimator. Mm. um and that's what i'm using and it's not valve there's no tubes it's all analog it's just solid state um so i'm basically using that uh and then into a line six helix which is what i use for my audio interface um and then uh and then straight into uh cubase and then in cubase um so if i, if I was just to play that into cubase it would sound nasty because because there's no power amp emulation or microphone simulation or cab sims but then for all that for the power amp sim the cab sims the mic simulators it's all from the the andy james uh signature uh vst pack but uh with stl tones um and it sounds awesome you know it sounds amazing and then obviously you just add your delay and facts you know uh from cubase and yeah it sounds kick-ass okay now on the helix are you using something you would use in real life? Like it's just a digital version of it or did you get creative? Uh, so literally um, my Helix, I'm just using it just for effects, just oh. for delays, reverbs, harmonizers, choruses, phases, flanges, um, all that good stuff. Um, that's pretty much it. All the tone pretty much comes from my theater apart from, sorry, no, apart from my clean tone for my clean tone. I do use the Roland, uh, JC120 um, amp model uh, for my clean tones. Uh -huh. um, Classic. Just because, you know, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth, John. Exactly, man. So, like, you know, it's, it, you know, used to like, um, you know, early, early Metallica albums and even like, uh, you know, God knows how many, like, 80s hair metal bands, where it came to like clean tones, that was like the clean amp to use, uh -huh. pretty much, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is metal uses a lot of jazz equipment. That's very true. EMGs. 
once again, they're apparently they're, they're you know they're meant to be really good for you for being used in jazz music surprisingly yeah well and the seymour duncan jb supposedly stands for jazz and blues yes that is correct yes it is yeah yeah that's very true yeah and then speaking of metallica robert trujillo plays on a jazz bass am i right uh i think you yeah well he he probably has a lot so he'll 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 have he'll have god knows how many basses yeah um but but yeah I, i obviously there's videos of him um, where he's used P bases, jazz bases, you know, the, the guy, the guy's used everything, you know? Yeah. 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 What do we hear on midnight city? Is it a jazz base? <laughs> is it a P base? What is it? Is it passive? It is is it active? It's passive, passive P base. Classic. Josh is, um, you know, jo- because Josh is, uh, so Josh really loves, he, he loves all like the classic British heavy metal kind of stuff. So, your Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, you know Black Sabbath, Saxon, um, and, uh, and and he loves Steve Harris for Maiden, rightfully so because obviously you know you're playing that you're playing a rock band or a metal band whatever you know Steve Harris is just like you know he's a he's a pinnacle bass player of like hard rock and heavy metal music you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah so so Josh uses uh, Fender P basses um, I, th- I think he's swapped out the pickup in one of them I think. I think he's using a Seymour Duncan in one of them. I can't remember which one. Um, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, he's using like really old, like Fender P basses from like the 70s or something. Very cool stuff. Now, if you've got more time, some things that we did a chat about are Life of a Hero and a collaboration with Kane. Uh, mm-hmm. now, the funny thing is with Kane, I came, actually came across them through Shay Kane. Chez. Yeah, yeah. Chez. Chez. Okay. Chez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being Canadian, I just read it as, you know, French. Like That's che- no problem, man. That's, that's no problem, dude. Not a problem. And I'm like, the House of Cain? Is that what we're trying to say? I'm confused. And then I, I, <laughs> I listened and I was like, okay, cool. I dig it. And then uh, I can't remember how I ended up finding out that she was in a band called Cain. And then you said you'd done some some stuff with them. So take us through that. How, do, how are you getting around? Is it just because you're a good guitar player and people go, I want to work with that guy? Um, well, so so when I say I worked with, um, so it wasn't exactly working with all of Kane. It was actually just uh, um, Harry Scott Elliott, who was the main guitarist, the lead guitar player from from Kane. And um, so when Midnight City, when we did our first ever tour with, um, which was with uh, Vega, um, when we played in Wales, uh, Harry came down. Um, Harry came down to the show. It was at a venue called Fuel. And uh, he came down, met the guy, you know, he said, man, awesome guitar playing, great tone. You know, I was like, oh, thank you very much, man. He's like, oh, well, I, I play guitar too. And it's like, okay, man, like, uh, and, uh, and he basically explained, and he basically explained that, um, that, uh, that, that, you know, he's, he's in a band called Caned and, you know, I, I'd never, I'd really heard of them before, you know, and, um, and, uh, and he was explaining that he uses Engel amps and which is really, really cool. Uh, and all and all this stuff, but uh, sorry, the, the 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 baby is uh, very very adorable. Oh, well, thank you, say. thank you. Yeah, this is my daughter Avila. She's going to be one years old tomorrow. Hello, darling. Mm-hmm. Bless her. Yeah, adorable. Oh, well, thank you. Reds, happy happy birthday for tomorrow, darling. Yeah, you hear that? Miles' happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So um, anyway, 
but then when I've, uh, and Harry said, you know, I'd love to do, I'd love to work on a song with you. But obviously that was like, that was like three years ago, you know, when, when me and Harry first met, said like, you know, I'd love to do a, do a song. You know, I was like, yeah, man, that'd be awesome. But around the time I was very, very busy, you know, with like doing tours and everything and doing shows and rehearsing with the you know, Midnight City and all that stuff. Um, but then obviously with, you know, because of lockdown, um, me and Harry, you know, uh, got in touch with each other and said, well, look, you know, we've got time now. Let's let's bring out a single, you know, let's bring out an instrumental, um, you know, almost like virt- shred virtuoso uh, song and um, really happy how how it sounded, how it all went. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure working with Harry and, um, you know, and obviously like thank you very much to Shez as well for like promoting it, doing a bit of promo work on it. And um, yeah, the, the the people from Kane are awesome. Um, and that's one that yeah we, we did we did meet up with we did meet uh, with Kane because they played they played just before Midnight City when we played at uh, Hard Rock Hell. So um, yeah, which was which is really really cool. So yeah, the guys from Kane, I love them. They're awesome, great band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you do all the duties. You do rhythms and you do leads. And something I've noticed in Midnight City is. You are proficient at both. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you so much. Um, but with Power Up, we also did. Uh, I also did the keyboards as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was because uh, basically, um, when I was very young, I used to learn piano, and I got to like my grade uh, grade four, I think, when I was a teenager. Um, so yeah, so it was really cool just to like you know, get the old keyboard out and start recording. Um, Cause I, I, I love it with like heavy metal songs. If they've got keys in, everything sounds so much more cooler when, every, when it's got keyboards in. Um, yeah. That's and true. it was just amazing. Yeah. It was just sounded uh, really cool. And, and obviously Harry did um, play bass as well, but then Harry did the mixing and uh, mastering for the song as well. Okay. Very cool. Now, something else you mentioned was Life of a Hero. And I remember you mentioning that with that one specifically, you used the deactivator set a lot to do the rhythm tracks. And I was just curious, take us through that and why the different choice for rhythm tracks. Okay, so with Life of a Hero, that's more of like, uh, we're, we're a bit, bit more of a modern rock, but, but kind of like biker rock in a way, basically. Um, so yeah, so, and I need something, I needed a guitar that was like, obviously a Stratocaster, classic guitar, obviously if you're doing like biker rock, you know, yeah, yeah, you have to use a guitar that's like, a biker rock band would probably use, so so something like, you know, a Strat or a Tele or a Les Paul or an SG, has to be some, some kind of like classic sounding guitar, um, and then the reason with the deactivate is because, They've just naturally got a hell of a lot more gain. Um, you know, they've just, yeah, they've just got a hell of a lot more gain. So I thought that would sound really, really cool if I like, doing like kind of like modern biker rock kind of sound um, music and uh, use those. And yeah, they sound awesome. Okay, cool. What's coming, what's coming to mind for biker rock bands? And maybe I'm going to get slaughtered on this one, but uh, maybe because I was just listening to them in the car was Black Label Society. <laughs> Is it something like that, or that's that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's black label society. So so that's really that's like proper heavy metal. When I, I wouldn't I wouldn't class as, as metal. Um, we're still hard rock. I mean, as as much I, I love heavy metal and I love Zach Wild. Zach Wild is is amazing. Um, 
it's just more like uh, uh, I'd probably compare it maybe more to like um, maybe bands like Clutch. You know the band Clutch. I do. I do know the band Clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So more, so that little bit of like southern rock kind of influence, like thrown in there. Okay. All right, southern rock, baby. Like down, or would you consider down to be more metal? Oof, that's hard. That's a tough one. They're because they are obviously it's rock, but yeah, I'd say they're just verging on metal. Uh-huh. Just you know. On the verge of metal. Sweet. So, today we chatted about uh, our mutual love of Racer X. We chatted about active versus passive pickups. We chatted about Les Pauls versus Strats. We chatted about the JC120 Roland amp. We chatted about Midnight City. We chatted about Life of a Hero. We chatted about Kane. We chatted about a whole schwack of DiMarzio gear. And I guess my hope for this video when it goes up is that a bunch of guitar nerds just start fighting in the chat about, you know, which, which pickup sounds better or not. And, uh, <laughs> I hope not. I don't want to call, I don't want to cause a war here. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Uh, okay, cool. Was there anything else that you wanted to chat about miles? Uh, thank you so much everybody for all the support, um, for, uh, with, uh, midnight city, New album comes out tomorrow, uh, and that is the 11th of June. So if you listen to this after the 11th of June, then the album's out. So thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you very much to Roulette Media um, for your for the, for the all your support. You guys rock. Thank you very much, John, for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been awesome talking to you, brother. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, keep rocking the world, everyone. Take care. Beautiful. I will hit stop.